if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. It's seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on AM 1420. The answer. It is a Wednesday, the 17th morning of the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2019. Really appreciate you being here. I'm also going to appreciate having someone else here coming up in about an hour. We're going to talk with Alana Mastrangelo, who is a local girl done real, real good, if I may be colloquial in my language. Uh, she, um, uh, is a John Carroll alum. She, I've had her on the program a few different times. She has become a very prominent conservative uh, activist slash pundit slash reporter, starting out with Turning Point USA and reporting on some of the campus insanity uh, that continues to go on in our nation's uh, indoctrination centers. She has graduated, if you will, from that to um, Breitbart News, where she also reports on uh, all kinds of craziness going on in college campuses. And she's going to join us to talk about that, as well as the Second Amendment. That's kind of how she rose to prominence. She was... Uh, uh, she was uh, uh, castigated by many on the left for some photos that she took of herself and uh, some comments that she made as a uh, a Second Amendment-believing NRA lifetime member, a female advocating for open carry or campus carry. And uh, she now is, as I say, uh, a very prominent conservative figure. And um, she's going to be joining us at 10.05 to talk about both of those things, particularly Eric Swalwell. you got to love it, right? You've got to love it. When Democratic politicians actually make it, now, and, and Swalwell, by the way, is no longer just a Democratic politician. He is a presidential candidate. <laughs> Eric Swalwell now is running for president, and one of his um, one of his first statements as an official declared candidate is, "We're going to lock people up for obeying the law." Wait, what? Yes. We're going to lock people up if they keep and protect their Second Amendment rights as allowed them by the Constitution. I, I wish I was making that story up. 
Uh, I am not. Eric Swalwell says, if you don't turn in your assault weapons, well, uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and lock you up. He really literally wants jail time for those who will not turn in their assault weapons. And Alana Mastroni, uh, Mastrangelo uh, commented on this on Twitter, and I thought it was brilliant and perfect, and we are going to talk to her uh, about that. But, but this, is, this is literally what just happened a couple of days ago. He wants assault weapons banned, and if people do not turn them in, um, this is beyond registry. This is you must surrender your weapons. As we define assault weapons, as we know, that's a problem because there is no, you know, one standard definition of assault. think that assault weapon means automatic weapon they want you to think that automatic weapon means semi-automatic weapon and therefore virtually all weapons can be assault weapons and if you don't turn them in that you're going to be uh, arrested and jailed you can keep your pistols he says and your long rifles and your shotguns but not those those assault weapons the weapons of war and you know I, i don't want to go too far into this without alana because this is kind of her wheelhouse but <laughs> nobody in the military is using semi-automatic weapons. Those are called automatic weapons. Machine guns are called automatic weapons. Semi-automatic weapons, every handgun is a semi-automatic weapon. A, a handgun, uh, a Glock, a 9, uh, I mean, literally a, a thirty-eight, a forty-five. they're all the same as an AR-15. One round per pull of the trigger, that's a, that's a semi-automatic weapon. So, uh, you know, if you want to talk about bump stocks, we can also do that always. But uh, on Sunday, you know, on Sunday, uh, uh, one of the Sunday shows, Eric Swalwell, declared candidate for president, said, yes, we will lock people up if indeed uh, they don't turn in their assault weapons. So there's a, there's a great way to start your campaign for president. Good luck with that. Let us know how that works out for you, Eric Swalwell. All right, we got a lot of other things to get into today, some very important uh, news uh, uh, regarding the Mueller report, which is coming out tomorrow, as you know. The Mueller report comes out tomorrow, and the Democrats have already decided they don't like it. It's not good enough. They haven't seen it yet, but it's not good enough. And they are going to subpoena the Justice Department to get the entire unredacted Mueller report. Now, mind you, the same people, including Jerry Nadler, uh, other committee chairs for the Democrats who are who are considering uh, uh, these subpoenas, argued when the Starr report was completed back in the late 1990s, the investigation into uh, Bill Clinton and his lying under oath and his uh, um, uh, affairs and his infidelities and the entire scandal that went along with that, um, they declared that you can't release that. You can't release grand jury testimony. You can't release all of this information. They knew it was going to look very, very bad for Bill Clinton. And so he fought to keep the Starr report under wraps. Now here we are with the Mueller report, which has been described by both Bob Mueller, not both, all three, by Bob Mueller, who ran the the uh, who was the special counsel who ran the 19 lawyer strong commission that investigated the president for 22 months every aspect of of his life as well as the attorney general william barr as well as still the uh uh a, a deputy attorney general uh, rod rosenstein they have all declared the man who wrote the report and the two top level uh uh leaders of the 
Justice Department, who, by the way, one of which, Rosenstein, actually appointed Mueller to be the special counsel here. They have all read it and all described it agreeably as being nothing, absolutely nothing, criminal or untoward by President Trump or his campaign. They have all said that there is nothing here that is indictable. There is nothing here that can be proven that was collusionary. There is nothing here that can be proven to be obstruction. So mind you, Mueller has declared it this way. He, When he turned it over to the DOJ, he made a very short statement and said, we are recommending zero indictments. It doesn't get much more clear as clearing someone than that. But don't take my word for it. Let's see what the Attorney General, the top cop in the United States of America, has to say about it. Let's see what the uh, Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, who appointed Bob Mueller, let's see what he has to say about it. They all agreed that the Mueller report clears the Trump campaign of any allegations or accusations of potential collusion with the Kremlin. And on the matter of obstruction of justice, again, this was kind of Mueller's gift to uh, uh, those who paid him the millions and allowed him to spend, thir- what was it, 25 to $35 million on this ridiculous witch hunt for the last two and a half years, or almost two and a half years, or whatever the number, I guess 22 months, we'll call it two years. Um, uh, his, his parting gift to them was, we can't prove that Donald Trump obstructed justice at all. But we can't prove he didn't either, so we're going to leave that one hanging out there. That's the gift. That's that's the little, hey, thanks for your time, and thanks for the pay, and thanks for the job. But uh, I can't, couldn't find collusion, which you wanted me to find, so I'll just give you this little parting gift. I couldn't necessarily say for sure he didn't obstruct justice. But the bottom line is, as you know, is has been made very clear by the special counsel himself, he is recommending zero indictments. If he is recommending zero indictments... That means he is indeed clearing President Trump and his team of any collusion or obstruction. So why then are the Democrats so eager to have the unredacted version of this Mueller report released? Tomorrow's redacted version is not enough for them. They want, uh, they're going to subpoena the Justice Department to obtain the full report unredacted. Jamie Raskin said we will use the subpoena power to the full extent of the law. They refuse to let this thing go, and here's why. They know that the primary goal of the investigation uh, was not met, that Donald Trump and his campaign did not collude nor obstruct justice. Those were the reasons why the special counsel was appointed. They can't just take that defeat into 2020. They can't. They've got candidates all over the country for president who want to beat Donald Trump, all of whom followed the lead of the liberal media in screaming collusion for the last two years. Collusion, 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 collusion. All of them said this. They can't go into the 2020 election cycle on this massive defeat. They can't just have the president taking victory lap after victory lap saying, told you it was a witch hunt, told you these people were just out to get me, told you there is no collusion, told you there was no violation of the law. 
This is what the Democrats are. The Democrats are evil. They, uh, they, they cheat. They, they uh, are deceptive. They, they tried to invalidate the results of the election by claiming that it was Russian interference and we colluded with them. This is what they, they can't take that defeat on their way into 2020, can they? So rather than just taking that defeat, they've got to pick this apart line by line to find negative things about Donald Trump in there that they can use going into 2020. And guess what? There probably are some things. Because I guarantee you, if I hired 19 experienced attorneys and investigators to pick apart every aspect of your life for 22 months, they're going to find some embarrassing things. You know it. So do I. If they found 19 investigators and gave them 22 months and a blank check, unlimited budget, to pick through my life for 22 months, they're going to find things that make me look bad. I don't care who you are, nobody can survive that and come out looking like Christ himself. No one. So they're going to, rather than just the conclusions, which are no collusion and no obstruction, they're going to find little things that they can use to score political points. So when they say they're going to subpoena the full unredacted report, don't think that they're about transparency. Don't think that they're about reporting to the American people uh, the truth. Don't think of anything of the sort. The truth has been declared by Bob Mueller. No indictments. None. And no collusion and no obstruction proven. That's it. They cannot accept those general conclusions, so they have to pick it apart and find political points to score on the way into 2020. And that's it. Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler absolutely 100% knows his goose is cooked. His party hung their hats for 22 months on collusion. This is how we'll get rid of him. We'll get him impeached once the Mueller report shows that he colluded with a foreign power to undermine the uh, the electoral process in the United States. That's how we'll get rid of him. We won't even have to face him in 2020. All we need is that Mueller report, and now we're in business of impeachment. Suddenly, crap, no indictments. No collusion, no obstruction. No, there's no impeachment. What are we going to do? So now it's, let's use this for the purpose of politics and nothing less. All right, a lot of ground to cover on that front. I want to talk to you, 216-901-0945. Dial now. We're guest-free in the first hour, 888 1110 You can get me there as well. If you're online, Twitter. And Facebook, same place, or same name rather, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, France Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. I'll read the best tweets and comments as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Twenty-six now to Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good Wednesday to you. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your well now a continuation, I guess, of your Holy Week. A reminder: we will not have a live show on Friday for obvious reasons. It is Good Friday. It is a company holiday. Uh, virtually everyone will be out on that day for uh, for 
you know, the obvious reasons, but you will have a best of the Bob France Authority program to listen to on Good Friday morning if you are so inclined. And I hope you are because they always put together some, you know, good interviews or uh, important segments that we have done over the course of the last several months uh, to give you on best of shows. Uh, let's go to, um, where? How about Rex calling us from Cleveland? Rex, you are on AM 1420. The answer, good morning. Go right ahead. Rex, are you Hi, there? Bob. Yes, sir. I got you, Rex. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Thanks so much. Uh, listen, uh, I've never called in before, but I want to just thank you for the work you're doing. It's just incredibly important. Uh, bringing, bringing in that light that's at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's just, I can't tell you what, what great blessing it is. You still hear me? Yes, I can. Go right ahead. And I appreciate okay. those okay. kind words, Rex. Thank you so much. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to share real quick is uh, I'm uh, I'm a believer in Christ, and I'm absolutely convinced that this is the time when when those of us who are need to really trust in prayer and just lift this stuff up. It's way more important, I think, than a lot of people realize. You know, God's in this; He's in this fight, and He uh, He's He's a lover of truth. He's the author of truth, and He He wants this set right as well. Uh, so uh, I just want to encourage people to understand that. When they're praying for, for real righteousness and real restoration uh, of this nation, God's hearing it, and He's and He's He's in the battle. Um, and I've already honestly seen answers to prayer. And one of them is that uh, I've been looking at Scripture from a vantage point of several places in the Old Testament, especially where you know the enemies of God's people would literally would turn in on themselves and destroy themselves. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's reference to that in Deuteronomy and in a number of other places. Why I'm saying that is if you look at how uh, everybody's lining up now uh, for, you know, their power bids to uh, uh, run for president in 20, in, in the Democratic Party, it's, it's unbelievable how these guys are trying to devour each other. And so I think that's an answer to prayer. I really do. So I guess that's, that's really all I had to share, Bob. Well, you know what? I'm so glad you did. And, Rex, I'm going to follow up on that um, after the bottom of the hour news with some examples of what you're talking about. Um, because to me, one of the most frustrating thing, things is, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to try not to just turn this into a you know, full-on uh, Bible session here because I'm not qualified. I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm just a, I'm a flawed, uh, sinning Christian Catholic uh, who is looking for redemption as, as much as anybody else. But I do believe in values, and I do believe in, in Christ, and I do believe in morality, and I do believe in the right things. And what you just said, what Rex just said, um is so important to note. He said, God believes in truth. God appreciates and respects truth and truthfulness and righteousness. And I think by association with that, God also rejects false morality, false truth, false integrity, false righteousness. And what I'm going to share with you after the bottom of the hour news here, which is coming up here, is a few audio clips of some of the people he was just talking about that are in pursuit of power or greater power than they already have. And they're using their platforms to offer false righteousness, false um, uh, uh, values, claiming ownership of said values while putting the exact opposite on display. And I'm talking about everybody from Mayor Pete to uh, uh, Kelly Bundio Cortez to Nancy Pelosi to Bernie Sanders and more. I've got some things that I'll share with you that I wasn't even planning to share. But the call from Rex 
kind of just is going to tie all of this together. And I think you're going to appreciate it. And I think you're going to, I think you're going to respect it. And hopefully you'll be able to share this with others. So stick around right after the bottom of the hour news. That's coming up on AM 1420. All right. It's 936 now. The Bob France Authority continues on this Wednesday. Thank you for being with us. Again, uh, phone lines are open at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. But before I go back to those, I want to, uh, I want to play some things for you that, like I said, tied into my last caller who talked about God being there. God is, is, is not, um, just a bystander here. He listens to prayer. He, he believes in and wants righteousness and he will do what needs to be done to affect righteousness, to reward the righteous and so on and so forth. And I'm paraphrasing Rex's call, but essentially, you know, the power of prayer and so on and so forth. And I, and I tie all those things to values, morality, righteousness and so on and so forth. And I listen to the Democrats, some of the Democrats anyway. Talking about values, they literally are trying to play the righteousness card. They are trying to claim the moral high ground with their policies. They want to paint the Republican Party and the conservative movement in this country in general as being the anti-values, anti-morality, anti-righteousness um side of things they literally think they have the moral high ground pete Buttigieg is the uh new flavor of the month for the identity politics playing left why do i bring up identity because he's openly gay he's the mayor of south bend and he proclaims to be a christian proclaims to be is he catholic or just christian i think christian um and uh uh you know of course that gives him points as we know we've talked about this at length uh, being a part of the victim class is a big part of becoming a democratic uh, hero. If you're black, you're victimized by racists. If you're gay, you're victimized by homophobes. If you're a Muslim, you're victimized by Islamophobes. If you're a woman, you're victimized by sexists. And those score you points. You get victim points on the Democrat uh, scale for for presidential candidates. So he's got those. Um and that's fine if that's how they want to play it. That's if that's how they want to choose their their leadership. That's fine. But I want you to listen to Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, who's the new flavor of the month for the Democrats uh, as a potential uh, uh, presidential nominee. Pete Buttigieg talking to Rachel Maddow about values on um, policy. Um, you have floated some big idea policies. Yet, when you go to your website and you go to the issues section, you compare the way you're running to the way somebody like Elizabeth Warren is running. You've been a lot less specific on a lot of policy matters. Are you doing that strategically because you've got some idea of all the policies you want to roll out and you just want to do it later? Or are you trying to avoid being pinned down on stuff at all? Part of it's a sequencing thing, but I do want everybody to understand where I stand on any important policy issue. We've tried to make that clear in in interviews and statements. You'll start seeing more of a web presence that will make that clear, too. I do think as Democrats, we sometimes have a tendency to lead with the policy minutiae. 
of course, it's important for people to know where we stand. But I also think, you know, one thing conservatives did very effectively was they sort of claimed the idea space. They talked a lot about values and kind of won a lot of the arguments, or at least won a lot of the media space Here we go. for their values, beginning with the Reagan administration, in such a way that even Democrats were compelled to do what I would consider largely conservative things uh, when they took office, really, at any time in, in my lifetime. And so it's very important to me to make sure that we're winning a values argument, too. It's why I talk about things like freedom and why freedom can't just be kind of property of the conservative movement to the Republicans. But that means, you know, constructive freedom. So to me, something like the work that goes on on uh, consumer financial protection is freedom because mm -hmm. you're not free. Right, now he gets into some of this nonsense. I, what I wanted to focus on was the line that you just heard. Pete Buttigieg say it's important for me that we are winning in a values argument. Okay. You want to win the values argument. The Democrat Party, otherwise known by some, including myself, as pods, because they are the party of death, wants to win the values argument. They have proclaimed <clears throat> that babies don't have a right to live, literally, up until the very moment they're born. New York, led by Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo, Democratic, uh, a Democratic state legislature recently passed a law saying if a mom says she wants an abortion, she can have an abortion. If she's laying on the table ready to, deli to deliver and said, yeah, I changed my mind, I don't want it. Okay, instead of delivery, we'll just deliver part way, puncture the back of the skull, kill the baby, and now you have had a successful episode of women's health care. That's the, the values upon which the Democrats want to uh, stake this claim. In Virginia, Governor Ralph Northam said, hold my beer. Forget about up until the moment of delivery. After delivery, when the baby, born alive, sitting on a table next to the, the table that the mother is on. Do we save the life of that baby? No, because if the mom really doesn't want it, well, then it's still not a life. It's still just a clump of cells, apparently, a clump of cells in the shape of a head and a nose and two eyes and two ears and a mouth and a heart and lungs and liver and so on and so forth, doesn't count, if mom doesn't want it, post-birth abortion is the way we'll go. Democrats want to be the party of values. In fact, let's, let's take a look at the front-runner or the man who is arguably the front-runner. For the Democratic nomination, I talked about this yesterday, they're scared to death of Bernie Sanders. They're scared to death of the socialist uh, kingpin who is promising millennial and Gen Z voters uh, the world, the moon, and the stars all for free, which is what has made him so popular. They tried to pin him down at the Fox News town hall that he appeared at a couple of nights ago on a few different things, including Pete Buttigieg's values here aborting babies until birth. You, you said yesterday, I watched your rally in Pittsburgh, that no one should tell a woman what to do with her own body. <laughs> with, with regard to abortion, do I'm you, sorry. With regard to abortion, do you believe that a woman should be able to terminate a pregnancy up until the moment of birth? Look, I think that that happens very, very rarely, and I think this is being made into a political issue. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Did he just say abortion is being made into a political issue? Since when has abortion not been a political issue? It was a pretty doggone large political issue in 1973. 
when Roe versus Wade, Wade was decided in the Supreme Court, and it has been litigated on political stages ever since. It's just now being made into a political issue. In other words, he's saying, why are you making me answer this question? I don't want to answer this question. So I think it's rare it's being made into a political issue. But at the end of the day, I believe that the decision over abortion belongs to a woman and a physician, not the federal government, not the state government, and not the local government. So, and yes, you heard his chorus of demons uh, literally applauding the death of babies. And, and it's okay, by the way, if you murder babies who are about to be born, who are at full 40 weeks of gestation, because it's rare. As long as it's rare, it's okay. How many murders are acceptable before rare becomes eh, more commonplace. What's the number? If it happens 10 times a year, is that rare enough for it to, allow, to be allowed to continue? Is it 20? Is the number 100? What's rare? There are hundreds of thousands of abortions performed in this country every year. I would say 1,000 would be rare. How many, how many, how many abortions were performed? See if you can look that up for me, Marcy. How many abortions were performed in 2018 or 2017 or whatever the last year that we have these statistics on? How many abortions were performed? I want to say the number is somewhere in the neighborhood of 340 or 350,000 because it's something like that every year. So a thousand out of 340,000, just for the sake of argument, would probably be considered rare. So a thousand murders of viable babies. Because mom decided at the last second, nah, after 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40 weeks of gestation, uh, now I don't want the baby. I don't want the baby, and I want women's health care. Doctor, perform women's health care on me. Kill the thing inside of me. Is a 1,000 rare enough for Bernie Sanders? Is a 1,000 rare enough for Pete Buttigieg to claim that the Democrats have won the values argument. Pete Buttigieg says it's very important for him that, quote, we are winning the values argument. We're killing babies. And we're talking about values. Let's listen. I want to just get a couple of other quick ones in here. Um, Speaking of values, let's talk about law enforcement. Here's another way in which the Democrats are going to try to win the values fight. They're going to try to win the values fight by claiming that law enforcement is engaging in illegal activities and violating human rights. Here is Kelly Bundio Cortez in an interview yesterday. I think apologize is, is a call to action on several levels. One is the literal interpretation of abolishing ICE, um, which I support, and I've said, you know, on multiple occasions that I don't believe that an agency that systematically and repeatedly violates human rights can, I don't think that agency can be reformed. I know the audio is bad there, it's just the way the the room was, but um, Alexandria Ocasio-Calibundio-Cortez just declared that ICE should be abolished because it violates human rights. ICE can't be reformed. It has to be abolished completely. ICE, of course, is a federal law enforcement agency that works to stop human trafficking, 
in which human rights are violated. Sex trafficking, in which victims are violated in the most horrific of manners. Drug trafficking, which violates human rights to live, considering the number of people who are being killed either by using those drugs or in the movement, the trafficking of, the delivery of, the sale of, the production of those drugs. ICE saves lives and they want to declare what you just heard from the party that wants to win the argument of of values from pete Buttigieg. you just heard bernie sanders say our values are in killing babies right up until the moment of birth you just heard aoc say that our values are allowing all of these terrible things, human trafficking, drug trafficking, and so on and so forth, to continue by getting rid of the law enforcement agencies that stop them. I don't know if I wanted to put two and two together here, I just might get four. According to Democrats, abortion doctors are not violating human rights, and ICE agents are. Law enforcement is violating human rights Abortion doctors who are murdering babies are not. They're the ones who are reflective of Democrat values. So let's give awards to the abortionists, and let's abolish the law enforcement officers. Think about that for just a second. It's important to win the the values argument. And while we're on the subject of Pete Buttigieg, Democrat values, pod values and i know that sounds really goofy because it re- there really is an oxymoron there for the party of death to proclaim they have any values at all uh is is really just hard to wrap your brain around but um pete Buttigieg then took this to the religious front again we heard him last week calling out vice president mike pence for no reason whatsoever claiming that mike pence has a problem with him When Mike Pence, of course, had never even uttered the name of Pete Buttigieg, other than a few years ago, because they both worked in Indiana, to praise him and saying he's a great guy. A great guy and a patriot. Didn't matter. Pete Buttigieg is trying to win the values fight. And in order to win the values fight, you have to attack a man's faith. (laughs) You have to attack Mike Pence for believing in the values of Christian doctrine. Let's um, address what the vice president has said about you. Of course, the history here for people who might not know it, you two worked together side by side toward factories together uh, when he was governor uh, of Indiana. Uh, here's what he told our Dana Bash on Friday about this issue. Here it is. You know, I've known Mayor Pete for many years. We worked very closely together when I was governor, and uh, I considered him a friend. Um, and uh, he knows I don't have a problem with him. I, I don't believe in discrimination against anybody. I, I treat everybody the way that I want to be treated. I think peace quarrels with the First Amendment. Yes, All of us in this country have the, the right to our religious beliefs. Is your quarrel with the First Amendment, Mr. Mayor? The Vice President is entitled to his religious beliefs. My problem is when those religious beliefs are used as an excuse to harm other people. That was a huge issue for us in Indiana when he advanced a discriminatory bill in 2015 under the guise of religious freedom that said it was lawful to discriminate 
provided you invoked religion as your excuse. And I This is exactly what these lying demonic pods are built on. This is what they're built of. This is what they're made of, and this is what they have they have built their platform on. Lying and totally 180 degree reversing the truth. It isn't people discriminating against others based on their Christian beliefs. Rather, 180 degrees the other way. They are demanding that people abandon their religious beliefs or be called discriminatory. And the First Amendment protects the religious side. No one can or should be compelled to give up their religious beliefs in order to satisfy some sort of social trend. Because somebody wants to say, hey, we want to live our lives that is in contrast, that is in contrast to what your faith says that you, that, that you can do or you can abide by. And rather than us going on and doing it, we want to force it upon you. Christians, evangelicals, Catholics, 99% of us say, if you want to live your life in a way that is in contrast to what church doctrine and our own beliefs say, go right ahead. We're not going to force you to do anything. All we ask is that you, Mayor Values, all that we ask, Mayor Pete, is that you don't force your alternative lifestyles onto us at the expense of our Christian values. And that's exactly what they are trying to do. They cannot win this fight. They will not win this fight. You cannot win a fight of, uh, uh, about righteousness and values and morality when you literally are practicing the opposite. 953, we're back right after this. 958, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer, we'll squeeze in a couple more phone calls before the top of the hour. Donnie in Euclid. Hey, Donnie, go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Donnie. I, I've, been listen, I've been listening to uh, your subject the last uh, couple of days, and it just occurs to me that these people, they claim to be values-oriented, but what kind of values are they? Values means that something is 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 of a precious commodity, and I don't think being a number one, I don't think being being a pro-abortion and pro-infanticide individual is a is is of any kind of a, a real value. I don't think that someone who claims to be Christian yet he leads a sodomite lifestyle is is anything that I would consider of a values standpoint, and I think that it's a shame. That 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 there are people that actually well I, I guess it's not surprising because they're, they're, the the biggest people that they reach number one are the ones that don't know this stuff who who are either willingly or unwillingly ignorant and number two they're people that partake in that lifestyle like Romans first chapter said. Well, I'll tell you, that's a good point, by the way, about they just don't know a lot of these things, Donnie. Um, I would say this about part of what you said. I'm not even interested in debating the lifestyle choice, and I'm not even interested in talking about uh, you know sodomites and so on and so forth, because where we are today, 
It's far beyond that. It's not a matter of I'm going to convince you to live a life a certain way uh, that you don't want to live. It's just don't make me abandon my Christian principles. Don't make me abandon my doctrine in order to accede to your lifestyle choices. Do not force me to participate in them. Do not force me to to uh, say I approve of them by using my business in a manner that supports that. Live your life how you want to live your life. That's on you. But do not force me to surrender and abandon my values in the course of that effort. That's the key here, and that's why this is first and foremost a First Amendment issue. Alana Mestrangelo, Breitbart News, joins us next right here on AM 1420 The Answer.